The stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our review of the Investigators in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. This time around, we're going to take a look at the Mystic slash Guardian Investigator in the box, Lily Chen. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these investigator reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that graces the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. We are back with our reviews of the uh, Investigators in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. This time around, we're taking a look at uh, Lily Chen, the martial artist. Lily is the uh, mystic slash guardian investigator in the box. She has three willpower, two intellect, four combat, and three agility. The chosen and warden traits. You begin the game with each discipline in your deck in play, unbroken side face up. Her elder sign effect is plus two, and after this test ends, flip a broken discipline you control to its unbroken side. She has seven health and seven sanity. What do we think about uh, Lily's uh, stat line? Well, it's a bit deceiving on its face, given that all of the disciplines give you a stat boost. So you're really working with a plus one in some stat of your choosing. Yeah, that's actually kind of the interesting thing about her is even at zero XP, she's a 13 stat character. So that puts her up there with like Mark Harrigan and Rita Young and Akachi as like the the very few um, 13th stat characters. That being said, that 13th stat, yeah, we'll get into it more when we talk about the uh, the disciplines, but that 13th stat is like basically her special ability. You know, like she doesn't get a once per turn ability like um, just about every other investigator. So pretty straightforward. Even her intellect of two is not completely prohibitive, but from the mystic card pool it probably is it's, it's not great that's for sure oh well, that she can do any stat she wants well mystic allows you to use your willpower yeah exactly and yeah, guardian so... does have plenty of ways of boosting willpower on its own so yeah so probably the only um downside of her stat line is the two intellect but other than that she can do whatever she wants yeah having seven health and seven sanity means you can soak a decent amount of stuff unlike roland who's pretty fragile <laughs> that's true you know, yeah roland can't be your tank but lily can tank a decent amount of damage and sanity before she goes down yeah and she has decent willpower to pass things like running remains and i think mark harrigan is the only other one a guardian with three agility base and... i believe that's correct yeah that sounds yeah. about right and the fact that you can give her a discipline to start her off at four agility, that kind of puts her in like a class of her own when it comes to guardians, like an actual agility guardian. Yeah, and we had talked about cards like Sweeping Kick that L Lily could really utilize. And if you wanted to go with like Butterfly Swords, that's another option too. Having four agility is also nice because you can also just evade certain enemies that you don't want to have to spend two actions killing. So you can mm -hmm. just evade it, let it sit at a location, and then kill something of higher priority. 
Yeah, and that's very unusual for a guardian. Yeah, most guardians are, it has to die or I have no other options. Mm. And with Lily, she at least has the option of of possibly escaping something she either can't kill or doesn't want to waste the time killing, which is uh, pretty unusual for a uh, for a guardian, guardian investigator. Yep. Naturally, uh, Lily's abilities depend a lot on uh, the disciplines. There are four of them, one for each stat. The first one is Discipline Alignment of Spirit. It has the unbroken trait as uh, all the disciplines do. Lily Chen deck only, it is a permanent. You get plus one willpower. As an action, she can take one damage to heal three horror or take one direct horror to heal three damage, and then she flips the asset over. The opposite side has the broken trait. Again, Lily Chen deck only in a permanent. As a response, after the round ends, if you took no damage or horror this round, flip this asset over to its unbroken side. Now, Discipline Alignment of Spirit uh, pumps up Lily's willpower to four, which is uh, pretty good for a mystic. She's not, uh, certainly not in the class of Agnes or Akachi, but four is a, a pretty good spot to be in. The ability to heal horror or damage makes her pretty tanky, and it also helps against the new weaknesses that we saw in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion that require you to actually heal damage or horror to get rid of them. The unbroken or the broken side isn't that hard to actually flip back over as long as you don't take damage or horror. You're basically, you can flip it anytime. So that's a pretty good. I have to say that uh, looking through all of the, or many of the Lily decks over on Arkham DB, this seems to be the default choice for disciplines, at least at pre-campaign. That's an interesting choice, because I feel like this yeah. is the middle of the campaign choice. I agree. Uh, personally, because you don't really need a lot of healing until the middle of the campaign once you've taken a couple of trauma. And then by that point, the, the treacheries also tend to get nastier as well as the bag so having that extra willpower becomes much more crucial at that point in the campaign whereas early on you have plenty of soak and you know you can usually handle a trauma or two but once once the middle of the campaign gets by you really need that extra boost i wonder if the logic is that at zero xp she's primarily a mystic so i wonder if the builders are loading up loading her up with things like shriveling and Holy Rosary, maybe David Renfeld. So they're going for the Rite of Seeking or Sixth Sense Mystic where she uses shriveling and you know for her for her damage and not so much her combat. Yeah, that's I that's wonder. the sense I got yeah. looking at the decks that that picking this discipline isn't so much for the special ability, but it's for almost solely that plus one willpower so that she has a four so she can leverage whichever mystic asset she is going to be using to discover clues. Usually Sixth Sense, although I have seen Clairvoyance in there and uh, and others. So, And uh, I should note that uh, when I did play Lily, uh, when she was initially spoiled months and months and months ago, uh, I did not start with this one, and I was sort of playing the mystic-based investigation Lily, and... I kind of regretted it, to be honest. I kind of missed that plus one willpower because three, three is okay, but I think the mystic 
you know, those mystic spells that help you investigate sort of assume that you're at a four or five and being at a three, I think I might've had David Renfield in play. So that helped a little bit, but obviously having a five is better than a four. So I did kind of miss that one. So I do understand to an extent that uh, why players would choose this one over the other ones if they're going that that way. But I was kind of surprised just sort of skimming the decks that this one seemed to be the the choice that most people were, were going for uh, at the start of campaigns. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because I played Lily and did pretty much exactly the same thing in our recent run through of edge of the earth and i didn't really miss it at all i found that with the combination of rosary and renfield you just had enough with a skill card you know i wasn't the primary investigator in our two-player game so i really just needed clairvoyance to pass a couple of times just to be able mm -hmm. to pick up enough clues and it worked fine well that being said regardless of whether regardless of the choice to start with this one i have to say having a action-based healing mr lang having action-based healing ready to go whenever you want actually kind of nice if you get smacked around by uh by a, by a tentacle on a rotting remains and you're down to two horror well two sanity it's nice to take a single action no matter what's in your hand no matter what you've already put on the board and heal it back up well that sort of healing i don't have a i don't have an issue with where it's already on the table from the beginning of the game and all you have to do is take one action to do it it's not like you have to play an asset and then trigger that asset and pay a bunch of resources yeah. it's it's good to go so while it is a healing card i don't uh, don't have an issue with uh, with lily's uh, discipline I see, I see the farther we go the more nuanced your uh, your take on healing cards becomes i think the rule of thumb seems to be that if it's healing tacked with another effect it's pretty good otherwise if it's just healing on its own it's not good the second discipline is the quiescence of thought again same game text as the previous one this one gives lily plus one intellect so bumping her from a two to a three as an action if you have fewer than five cards in your hand draw cards until there are five in your hand flip this asset over and then uh, on the broken side as a response after the round ends if your hand did not have two or more cards in it at any point this round you can flip this asset over to its unbroken side so basically if you have zero or one cards in your hand at any point during the round you can flip it back and then theoretically you're using that action again to draw five cards to refill your hand and and get into that uh, sort of cycle what do we think about uh, about this one this one's tough to evaluate i feel like if you were playing a deck that could draw through a bunch of skills yeah and use the skills over and over and you could kind of like flip this like back and forth because the plus one intellect is pretty negligible like lily can't really utilize that a lot so i feel like you're you're mostly using this one for the ability and i can see that there's potential there it might not quite be there yet but i i see some potential for like this kind of janky lily deck that relies on investigations you or know, even like events use... yeah, yeah and of course use it to draw through events yeah yeah if you use it for the draw i can definitely see something like that going where you're playing fast action assets and events one thing that's worth noting about this 
It says after the round ends, if you do not have two or more cards in it, that is after upkeep. So if you go into upkeep with one card in your hand, you draw a second one, you will not get to flip this thing back over. That means you essentially have to have an empty hand going into upkeep. That probably means you also have to have a discard outlet, which how many of those does Survivor or Guardian and Mystic have? I don't know. I don't remember, honestly. Yeah, they're not. They're, she's not exactly a Survivor. Yeah. yeah. It's a cool ability, though. Yeah, you know, I like it. Yeah, I mean, like, draw, I think... take an action, draw up to, you know, theoretically you're drawing five cards, right? Or up to yeah. five. So if you end the upkeep with one card, you're going to draw four, more than likely. Oh, mm -hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So take an action, draw four. There aren't many cards in the game that let you do that outside of Seeker. Mm -hmm. So that's really good, especially in Guardian. There's no, I mean, oh, Guardians right. get maybe one or two cards max, and then they have to work for that pretty hard a lot of the time, either by like killing enemies or, or doing something else. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the case of something like Taunt, engaging a bunch of enemies will get you cards. But yeah, it's not uh, easy for Guardians to draw this many cards. I think there is a deck that could utilize the ability pretty well. The the intellect to me is... I just don't see Lily being a mystic. I just don't see her using that intellect outside of dealing with treacheries. So it's not... And three isn't really going to help her much more than two is. So that seems negligible. I think you could build a deck where if you, like you guys say, if you can get into a cycling where you're cycling, the, where you're flipping this thing back and forth as often as you can, you could get a pretty, maybe there's a deck there that can do it consistently. And I think you're right. You would need either events that she's burning through or skills in order to, uh, to be committing them to both her skill tests as well as uh, as well as others. From a, a solo perspective, this one seems uh, maybe a little hard to use. If you're, I'd have to test it and see. But I find I yeah, my solo is, decks um... tend to when I play anyway, my hand starts to creep up as the game goes on, and so I don't think I would get a whole lot of use out of this unless you did build a deck that was focused strictly on cycling your hand as quickly as possible. Yeah. One thing to note, though, is that how do you justify running this as your zero XP choice over one of the others? That's the hard part. And I think the way to do it is the fact that that's the best art, I think, of the four. So <laughs> you... Because it's look at that. She's got like she's like standing on one foot. She's like flexing, you know, she's flexing her muscles. She is showing her biceps in that pose right there, right, guys? You know, and, and on top of that, she's like getting really flexible. So I mean she's showing off her limberness and her her massive biceps in that I, part. I think yeah. you justify it by building a deck around it. Oh, or you could do that. I think the other problem with that deck is that this costs an action. You draw up to five, and then you have two actions left. So in solo, that's basically untenable. Because you have no oh. real way to generate enough actions to make this useful turn after turn. Unless you have some ridiculous way to recycle a police badge or something like that. <laughs> yeah, because I think if you were to, say, flip it, you draw say you you had one card in your hand you draw four you're up to five it's gonna take you probably a turn 
maybe two turns, possibly even more, to get back down to to zero cards. So yeah. the number of times that you can cycle during the during a a typical scenario is going to be limited. Yeah, maybe is... that's the way to go. Is to just not think of this as like an engine to draw lots of cards, or just think of it as once per game, I'm going to get to refill my hand. So what will end up happening then is you just think, all right, well, I don't really need the the intellect boost. It's just when I draw, when I end up down at zero, I can refill back up to five, and then I just leave it flipped for the leave it on um, the broken side for the rest of the game, and I'm okay with that. Maybe that's the way to think. Maybe that's the way to use it, just yeah. once per game. I mean, that would be good yeah. toward and toward the end of a scenario, right? Knowing that you've mm -hmm. got that refill in your back pocket. It's like, okay, I'm I'm playing mid to late game. We're in the final push. I might be low on cards in hand. Bang! I'm back up to to five, and then you've got enough to basically see you to the end of the scenario, and yeah. and that's it. So. Probably not the first choice you want to make when you're building your Lily deck at level zero. I think one of the others is one of the other disciplines is is more attractive than this one. But I could see picking this one up probably much later in a once you've gained some experience points and you do get to add another discipline to your deck. If you're finding that you're struggling in the card draw department, then Lily has access to a to an, an effect that can uh, draw her cards. The combat discipline is Prescience of Fate, same text as the others. You get plus one combat, which bumps uh, Lily up to a five. As an action, you get plus five skill value for the next skill test you perform this turn. Important to note that that is not necessarily a combat skill test. You can use that for any skill test. After that skill test ends, flip this asset over. This action does not provoke attacks of opportunity. And the broken side is uh, the response is after the round ends, if you performed no skill tests this round, flip this asset over to its unbroken side. Now, obviously bumping Lily up to a five combat is uh, pretty nice uh, natively right at the beginning of the game. Uh, then she can later pick up Beat Cop to go to a six if, if she wants or any of the, uh, I think there's combat training as well that can further boost her combat. Mm -hmm. Getting plus five skill value for any skill test you want is pretty nice. You have to, it is an action, so you have to actually plan to use this. You can't use it, say, on a treachery you draw during the Mythos phase. You actually need to... Uh, to be taking a skill test. The solo in player in me really wonders how I would flip this back uh, because that response, if you perform no skill test this round, flip it over. That might be a little tricky in solo because I don't think there are many turns where I am not doing some sort of skill test or another. I have found in multiplayer that there are rounds where you'll get a breather. So what I think this one's really good for is, first of all, it's your fifth combat point, and that's why you're taking it, is to be at five combat. And then I think it's really useful for you're running out of ammo, or you're just running out of skill icons in hand, and you just need to, like, okay, I need to, like, land this vicious blow punch, you know, and just take out this last bad guy, and then I could breathe for a while. And I think that's what this is useful for. Either that or to land like a key evade, like say against a massive enemy or against like the Harbinger, something where 
you really need to land this evade and it has alert and it's just bad news if you fail this and then get the heck out of there. Yeah, I think outside of that, I don't really see you like flipping this thing back and forth. Yeah. That's not really going to happen. But I mean, five combat is five combat. Yeah, I think that's the main draw here. Yeah, and then, I mean, that plus five skill value, if you're using it for combat, bumps you up to ten, which in most cases, only a tentacle is going to cause you problems at that point. Even her agility, I mean, she's sitting at an eight, which is, is very, very good. I can see in multiplayer where you could actually get a breather and actually hope to, to sort of flip this back over. It seems like in solo, this is basically like miss a turn, which... <laughs> That's a pretty big ask in a, in a solo uh, game. I'm not really inclined to do that. So five combat, I mean, that's what most Guardians want. So, and this, uh, this gives it to you from the very beginning of the game. So no complaints there. Yeah, I mean, in solo though, that last boss punch is really critical and having that escape button is pretty nice, so. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is... Uh miss an attack against the ghoul priest and then get retaliated and then get attacked mm -hmm. Ugh, that's yeah, what i was i was just thinking of the ghoul priest how how nice yeah. it would be to have that usually that is the most if you play if you've played the gathering quite a few times i think which all of us have at this point that final attack against the ghoul priest is with like your the third action your final action of your turn the game is on the line. You either land this attack or the ghoul priest is going to counterattack or it's going to retaliate one and then it's going to attack you again. That can get pretty tense and having plus five skill value on that that attack is, uh, is pretty nice. Because oftentimes in solo, you'll end up in that situation where the boss needs two or even three attacks and you have enough skill icons for two of the attacks or one of the attacks, but not the other. And then this just comes in and saves the day for you which is nice the final discipline is the agility discipline balance of body you get plus one agility and as an action one at a time take up to three different fight or evade actions flip this asset over this action does not provoke attacks of opportunity and on the reverse side as a response after the round ends if no enemies were at the same location as you at any point this round flip this asset over to its unbroken side this is the discipline that i have experienced playing with and it's a lot of fun to uh to trigger this thing and you can string together an insane number of attacks between this and some of the cards in uh, the Guardian card pool, notably the ones that were released in the Nathaniel Cho starter deck, like 1-2 punch and stuff like this, you can get 5-6 attacks between this card and uh, some of the other cards that are available. And I know I played, uh, I think it was Blood on the Altar, and poor Silas at the end just got pummeled before he had a chance to act so moved into the hidden hidden chamber triggered this and a bunch of the other cards that i had and i didn't i don't think i needed all those attacks i think i landed three and that was enough but i had many more in my uh in my toolbox so what do you guys think about this one this one is by far my favorite oh yeah this is yeah. the this is the you know chun li flips out and just kills a lot of people you yeah. know one this is great it's nice that it also kind of supports itself as well, because 
worst comes to worst, if you don't have like a third fight action, then you can always just evade something. Yes. And giving you that plus one agility is really nice in that aspect. Yeah. And I find that this one's actually pretty easy to flip over because you spend those three actions dealing with whatever's on the board. And then if you don't draw anything the following round, it just flips back over and you're good to go. That being said, in four player especially, you can go the whole game without it ever flipping over. If you're following your friends around, if any of those friends draw an enemy in the mythos phase, this is not flipping over that turn. So it's like, not only do you have to not draw an enemy, but the friends you're following around also have to not draw an enemy. Yeah, so you gotta be careful. Yeah, that would require some, some work around. You'd sort of need Lily to kill the stuff, and then the other players to say, okay, we need to move away from Lily for this turn, <laughs> just yeah. in case, so she can flip this back over the following turn, and then catch up with us or stuff like that i could see that being a it is worth noting that her her elder sign effect does give you an auto flip which is yeah. important uh, so even if you do flip this and the situation or any of these disciplines and you end up in a situation where you simply are unable to flip them back chances are you're going to draw one elder sign a game at least so you'll likely get to flip back, but that's not something you could really prepare for. Mystics do have access to quite a bit of chaos bag manipulation, but I don't think that's really what Lily is going to be leaning into. She's she's a, a guardian at heart, and so she's probably going to be uh, focusing more on killing stuff than actually trying to trigger her elders on repeatedly. This discipline has saved my bacon more times than I can count already. It's really handy to have because there's just so many situations where you know both players draw an enemy i'm speaking in two player where you both draw an enemy and one player is equipped to deal with one of them but not the other one so you end up just engaging and then you can use this thing to just dut, 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 clear the board and then move forward it's so good yeah i mean that's kind of it kind of speaks to the core of what um like arkham horror is where it'll present challenges where you have to accomplish more than three actions worth of effort in a turn, whether you're surrounded by enemies or you need to hurry up and get clues before the, you know, before the agenda flips over. And this like directly attacks, you know, that action compression problem of needing to get more than one act, more than three actions of effort done. You know, like, let's say, and, and this happens a lot, especially multiplayer, because like the very, the variability of the encounter deck is much higher in multiplayer and like the number of different combinations of things that get thrown on the board. And you can often get to a point where, okay, I've got like two hunters and I've got this boss on me. All right, what do I do? <laughs> you know, and this is where this saves the day. Also the, the fact that you have to make three different fighter evade actions that really encourages you to play events in my experience, like sweeping kick, which we mentioned earlier, because those all count as, events with the fight keyword on them count as fight actions so there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with like chain together like weird things and then you can then you can use the events to get even more than three fighter of eight actions worth of effort out of this ability and it's just tons of fun so do you guys think there's a deck where you play a bunch of events and you pack this discipline and then maybe you grab the intellect one 
15 oh. experience in and now you have this engine to like draw through and just go bruce lee on people kind of like nathaniel cho yeah we're nathaniel cho he had his boxing gloves as his draw engine lily with the the intellect discipline as her draw engine there are a lot of guardian events that have fight on them and there are a lot of good guardian skill cards yeah daring defensive, defensive stance steadfast i mean you know uh -huh. sweeping kick especially et especially once you get things like fang of turn tur turn turn law you know mm -hmm. you know which one i'm talking about when you get that later that opens up a whole realm of possibilities you know when you teleport across the board mid flurry like <laughs> <laughs> that could be cool you're like punching yes. one thing at one location and then fang to another location <laughs> yep <laughs> Yes, yeah, probably some hilarious stuff you can do there. So yeah, I think once once XP comes into it, I think you can you could make that work. Yeah, where you, you're event based and you use, and then you use the um, intellect discipline to refill your hand once or twice a game. Speaking of deck construction, that brings us to uh, the backside of Lily Chen deck size thirty, deck building options, Mystic cards level zero, Guardian cards level one to five, Neutral cards level zero to five, and up to five other Guardian cards level zero her deck building requirements include her signature her discipline uh, which you get to pick and then her signature weakness burden of destiny she can't use firearms no real surprise there and i mean fortunately she doesn't really need to so that's basically doesn't really affect her all that much her additional requirements you do have to pick a discipline and then for every 15 experience points you've earned in total, you get to choose and add a different discipline asset to your deck, which of course starts the game in play. So as you gain experience through the campaign, you start with one discipline at 15, you go up to two at 30, you go up to three. And if you somehow manage to accumulate a massive 45 XP, then uh, you can have all four in play. I don't think I've ever built a deck that has 45 xp in it but I think, if, baby. <laughs> I think if you get two or three two or even three of these uh, disciplines you're you're going to be doing pretty well now lily like all of the investigators in this box she starts off as a mystic then becomes a guardian as she gains experience points i find when i sat down to build a lily chin deck now this was before they made the change to how those the multi-class cards work so uh, back in the when multi-class cards were first released, they actually counted against your your slots. So choosing those five guardian cards, I think, can be pretty tough. There are a lot of very very good level zero guardian cards that uh, lend themselves naturally to that. You know, all other guardians sort of just take for granted. It's just like, oh, I need my weapon. I just put it prepared for the worst in there. I need good weapons i just play enchanted blade and and etc etc but with lily she only gets five at the start and i think that was the thing i found to be quite challenging i think the way to, to deal with that is to not run beat cops in particular because i think she can get if you start her off with five combat i think she can avoid some of the basics like beat cop vicious blow is a harder one to let go of yeah, I was going to say, like, Vicious Blow and Take the Initiative. Like, Guardians have so oh, many yeah, good level right. zero skills. And Daring. Oh, man, you're right. 
Yeah. yeah, she's she's very those five guardian slots. Just I mean, there's so many like vicious blow for one. You know, it's like that's pretty much a staple in every guardian deck. And here it's actually like, do I actually leave this in the box? Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, you get five, but you're actually probably going to play two and a half cards because you're going to play two Vicious Blows, which leaves you with three cards. So then you're picking something else and then maybe one other card. Man, that's... I don't envy Lily deck builders to have to to sort of sit down and pick which Guardian events, or sorry, which Guardian cards they're going to, uh, to run with. I think those Guardian slots really have to be reserved for things that you can't get otherwise. I think, like, Prepared for the Worst, I think, is a good one of in most Lily decks, mm-hmm. because that's just not an effect you get otherwise. And what Guardian doesn't need their weapon? Lily included, I think, in that statement. Because I don't yeah. think you're building her very Battle Mage heavy. You're going to play something like the Hammer or the Time Worn Brand or the Holy Spear. And you're not going to, you know, you're not going to mess with anything else, so. I think this is where the dragon pole starts to come into play because the dragon pole doesn't take up one of her guardian slots the lily chen build that that people seem to be gravitating to is is choosing the willpower discipline using that willpower discipline to power cards like sixth sense to cover the investigation using dragon pole and Mm -hmm. uh, filling those arcane slots with things like sixth sense and then some other cheap mystic asset i've seen things like alchemical transmutation index i've seen things like scrying index i'm not a huge fan of that idea it just feels like and if you do read these the deck guides usually those are the first cards that are being uh, upgraded out of it's just basically like i need something to fill a slot at that point and so you're using your mystic cards to to handle the investigation and then you're usually upgrading once you can up you've gained your experience and you're upgrading you're upgrading out of the dragon pole into whichever big weapon you happen to favor whether that's the cyclopean hammer from the edge of the earth or the holy spear from the insmith conspiracy cycle and then or even you know there's probably butterfly knives or a choice you could make as well so you're upgrading out of dragon pole into those and then i think lily tends to sort of favor if you're going the weapon the big weapon route she tends to favor the traditional guardian upgrade pass where you're looking at things like stick to the plan maybe lily even likes vicious blow too it's yeah sometimes it's not you know i don't know how many guardians are attracted to vicious blow too but for lily it's actually probably a good thing but i mean between say stick to the plan and a big weapon there's a massive amount of experience right there that you're uh, you're committing to that yeah that's 16 alone right there which is a second discipline so that being yes, said, I had to look forward to. That being said, I faintly remember when we were discussing the Edge of the Earth cards, noting that I there might be a path for using like two XP butterfly knives and maybe dragon pole, and then just forgoing the big weapon and relying on events like Fang of Turnitha. You know, that might be another 
viable path to take where you use the dragon pole and maybe butterfly knives like the whole way and you rely on certainly possible events you know i think so like yeah so like sweeping kick and the fang and yeah you're you're exchanging the big the big hits of the big weapons for multiple smaller hits with things like butterfly knives and then lily's discipline sweeping kick is, is another good one or get over here level two one of my i love that card very very underrated but also cost XP. I ended up solving the the five slots in a bit of a different way. Is I ended up taking in the thick of it, which I know very controversial, but I took in the thick of it for two copies of Brand of Cthulhu as the second oh. spell slot because it was cheap and it was an off weapon. Yeah. So I at least had a way to deal two damage when the uh the dragon pull wasn't online and it's it's nice for the agility discipline because you need a second thing to fight with so that that was my second thing to fight with and then i used the last experience for a copy of ever vigilant having that at scenario one mm, very nice <laughs> and and then from there i took uh safeguard which i felt was like a pretty good choice and then from there i think i ended up taking two skills but you know i I feel like if you're going to go a stick to the plan, then having prepared for the worst as a one of, and then picking two other cards for two ofs is a pretty smart plan, because then you always have access to that prepared for the worst later on. Spending one XP to add a prepared for your for the worst to your deck, like that's not bad. You know, I know a lot of a lot of players are loath to spend XP on on level zero cards, but when you only have five slots and there's some good utility out of those slots that you could be asking for, you know, maybe it's worth spending a few XP to like, you know, shuffle, you know, shuffle those in, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those nice, like daring, for example, that's worth XP. Yeah. And my debate was like, I could have taken the time to upgrade into safeguard level two, which is very good, but in two player, how useful is it? And I think, I prioritized getting weapons and getting enchanted weapon over wanting to spend experience on movement. So I think that's another thing you have to consider in those five slots as well as like, what am I going to realistically be able to upgrade into and how much experience am I going to have? Yeah, I think that's part of the power of, of in the thick of it with the investigators in this box and that because they're so limited, they, you know, all of them only have those five cards yep. from the uh, class that they are going to be upgrading into that in the thick of it let basically lets them i guess skip the queue in a way and say okay normally i would take vicious blow but if i pick in the thick of it i can get vicious blow too which then frees up one of those level five or those level zero slots that uh, normally i'd have vicious blow in now i just don't have to worry about that and i can uh, branch out a little bit more than uh, than you expected to. Yeah, if your card if your card pool is really thin, then in the thick of it can help you like get over the line. And with things like in well, in Lily, you can take two sweeping kicks and a defensive stance just to like get your deck up to thirty. I can I can see that being handy, you know, at the start of a campaign. So the flavor of the month right now is Lily with the Cyclopean Hammer, basically starting off Dragon Pole and then. Mm-hmm building in building up to cyclopean hammer and just having big hits matt you wanted to talk about holy spear as an option i like the holy spear i actually recently played lily all the way through um return to the forgotten age and we're kind of an off-brand team and there was 
just enough bless, you know, blessing in the group to make Holy Spear work really well. But the reason why I want to call out Holy Spear specifically for Lily is that it works really well with her agility discipline because it has two different attacks on the card. If I do the flurry, I can do one of the strikes can be the three damage Holy Spear attack. Another one of the three strikes can be the two damage Holy Spear attack. And there's like, then I only need like one event or something or, um, or one brand of Cthulhu to finish it off. I, I think there's that extra little bit of usefulness out of the Holy Spear. Plus, it's a spear. It's got like some kung fu. It's you know, it's it's it's, it's a kung fu spear. How about that? There you go. Yeah, it's definitely a very good weapon if your team is willing to support it. And that's yeah. like the big crux of it is that like the the hammer doesn't require any support. It's true. The hammer is pretty great on its own, especially once uh, Lily's up to two disciplines. Yeah, she could be up to what seven, eight, nine. Yeah, just nine on the hammer, just from willpower and and combat alone. No additional buffs. Like, mm -hmm. Pretty good. Right now, if you if you take a look at Arkham DB, there there seems to be a pretty sizable number of decks that are that are going the Cyclopean hammer route. But I think there are other viable options for for Lily if you want to say avoid the big weapon, big hit and focus more on the agility discipline and just go for as many hits as you can and not dealing quite as much damage as the hammer but you know sort of getting up to that amount of damage gradually i think that's that's another way uh, you could do it but i mean at this point in the card pool guardians tend to be pretty focused on just gaining a bunch of weapons or getting a getting a getting their weapon of choice and then and then going ham now i think you might also be able to build into lily's ability to soak a lot with her willpower discipline that is a sub theme of the guardian class being able to take damage for other investigators at the table so if lily was to branch out into those cards and then use her discipline to sort of say okay i'm going to soak a bunch on me and allies then i'm going to heal using my discipline and then i'm I'm good to go. I think that's that's a, a viable option as well if you're if you're interested in in uh, maybe not going for the biggest weapon in the in the group and and uh, diversifying a little bit. Yeah, there might be something there if you um, because Lily has access to David Renfeld, Arcane Initiate. Both are cheap allies that you kind of want to soak damage or horror for you. She also has access to Tetsuo Mori. Another um, another guy that you want to take damage or horror for you. She has access to medical student, which is you know pretty nice. And, and I think Brother if you're Xavier doing the drag as well, Brother Xavier, that's right. She has access to that. She also has access to a pretty underused card called Spiritual Resolve from the Dream Eaters. That's the that's the myriad card that you put one of them into play. It has three health and three sanity, and then you can discard an additional copy from your hand to heal it up. I think there might be something there as well because it's it takes up an arcane slot, dragon pole. Yeah. Yeah, I mean even flesh ward is a decent option as well. You know, if you want yeah. to take like one of those just to have something to soak a little bit of extra damage and fill that arcane slot, it's not a terrible option. Fun fact, flesh ward works really well in pit vipers. So yeah, when uh, if you uh, sit down to uh, build your lily deck, Take a look at uh, at the options, and uh, I think uh, 
as far as investigators go, she's got uh, some interesting builds there that uh, can be quite appealing, uh, especially if you're playing in multiplayer and you want to be the martial arts defender who takes on the the onrushing hordes of enemies, taking all of the the damage and then just healing it all off as as your team. Uh, carries on their way. We've already talked about her signature assets because of all the disciplines. We have her signature weakness, Burden of Destiny, Weakness, Flaw, Revelation. You must either choose one, flip a discipline you control to its broken side, it cannot flip back this round, or take one damage and one horror. Yeah, if you're already taking a whole bunch of damage and horror, it can be a pain in the butt. Where it really gets to be a pain in the butt, but though, is when you have three of them in your deck and that's three draws, you're losing. Right, yeah. that is the thing that yeah. you have to add one, one of these for each yeah. discipline that you have. So the the real trap here is um, if you decide to go standalone, play a standalone game, and you decide to go whole hog with Lily and uh, take thirty nine XP and take. No, nope, you can't take all four with thirty nine XP. But you get the idea. You take like a like as many disciplines as you can, and you go like thirty nine or forty nine XP. You're gonna have a lot of weaknesses in that deck, and I don't think if you've never if you don't play standalone very often, you may not be ready to have six or seven weaknesses in your deck just from like a draws are bad perspective. <laughs> yeah, it's almost um, when you just play versatile to pad out your deck. So it can be kind of nasty, uh, especially if you're also trying to take a whole, you're building yourself up to take a whole bunch of damage. Hitting a Burden of Destiny can be kind of mean. That being said, I think I, one of the best Guardian cards in the game, I've had worse level 2, is like even better for Lily because it can just turn this thing into two resources. Nice to have a bit more control over a bit, a, a bit more control over the opportunity to gain two resources off of I've had worse level 2. So it kind of helps there. It's easily dealt with, but the nasty part of Burden of Destiny is the fact that you you're going to end up with two or three of them pretty quickly i guess the other issue with this is that it's not direct damage or horror which is if this was direct damage and direct horror then i'd be a lot more concerned reaching, about you'd it be, you'd be reaching for that uh willpower discipline wouldn't you <laughs> yeah, yeah i feel sure. like the design of these kind of makes you do that anyway because you yeah, can just that's true <laughs> tank damage and horror and then just heal it with the willpower one so yeah kind of like nullifies itself a little bit honestly in the times that i've played lily i've never really had this be an issue even when i've had two or three in my deck it's never really come up that's going to do it for our look at uh, lily chen the martial artist have you had a chance to play lily let us know in the comments down below how that went and uh, any other interesting builds that you have uh, found we'd love to hear from you any final thoughts on uh, lily so I think in the time that we've talked about Lily, we've come across, seems like, two or three distinct different builds for her. There's the event or skill-heavy focused build where you use the intellect and the agility uh, disciplines to draw through your deck and sort of like flurry of blows enemies with events. And then there is the version of that where you use like butterfly knives and maybe a couple spells to kind of do the same thing. And then there was the Cyclopean Hammer hit things with one giant punch style of Lily deck. But, I mean, overall, they're all very combat-centric focused, which makes sense for a Guardian. 
Yeah, we also even briefly mentioned the Juggernaut version where you just have lots and lots of soak and, and the ability to heal up as well. Lily's fun. <laughs> yeah, just the fact that you can like start off with a stat boost, you know, you get to like, and you get to choose which one it is. That that leads to, that already creates some creativity right there. I have to say that uh, Lily has always been one of my favorite characters in the Arkham Horror Files line. And I'm really pleased with how she uh, came out here in the Arkham Horror LCG. So many of her, um, you know, if you look back at Arkham Horror uh, Second Edition or Eldritch Horror, her ability was just sort of like heal damage or take damage to heal horror or take horror to heal damage. You know, not that interesting. We do see that on her on her uh, willpower discipline, but. There are four disciplines to choose from, and uh, I'm really happy that uh, that uh, Maxine and Jeremy sort of really created one of the more, I think, interesting investigators to build a deck around. You've got a lot of choices to make in terms of disciplines. The card pool is 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 uh, you know the Mystic Guardian combination is uh, very very interesting, and uh, yeah, I think she turned out really really well. Yeah, it's interesting how we've had three different investigators, all with versions of Guardian and Mystic, and they all feel very different from one another. Oh, right. Yeah, we had Sister Mary back in Innsmouth, and she's sort of the blessed Guardian Mystic. We had Diana Stanley back in uh, in uh, the Circle Undone, and she focuses more on cancellation and stacking cards underneath her to boost her willpower. And now Lily is... Uh, I guess sort of a straightforward, you know, I'm going to hit stuff guardian, but the fact that she has that will, that uh, agility option to boost her agility up to four and then actually be able to evade something. And then you throw in daring in there to, to give her another boost. Uh, that's pretty, uh, pretty nice. Yeah. Plus with mystic weapons and guardian spells, you know, we're, we're starting to see some, uh, some opportunities to, blend the two classes together that's gonna do it for this episode if you enjoyed what you hear remember to like comment and subscribe if you need to contact me i can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com i'm also on twitter at manfromlang until the stars are right keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer take care out there and happy investigating